as so well calculated to cure them. The golden medical discovery is the natural helpmate of Drive Sage's guitar remedy. It not only cleanses, purifies, regulates, and builds up the system to a healthy standard, and conquers throat, bronchial, and lung complications, when any such exist, but, from its specific effects upon the lining membrane of the nasal passages, it aids materially in restoring the diseased, thickened, or ulcerated membrane to a healthy condition, and thus eradicates the disease, when a cure is effected in this manner it is permanent, the system is so purified, regulated, and strengthened, as to be strongly fortified against the encroachments of catarrh and other diseases, the effects of the golden medical discovery upon the system will be gradual, and the alterative changes of tissue and function generally somewhat slow, they are with however, less complete, radical, and lasting, and this constitutes its great merit, under its influence all the secretions are aroused to carry the blood poisons out of the system, the nutrition is promoted, and the patient finds himself gradually improving in flesh, his strength is built up, his lingering ailments dwindle away, and by and by he finds his whole person has been entirely renovated and repaired he feels like a new man a perfect being, the clothing, with most persons suffering from chronic nasal catarrh, there is a great disposition to take cold, even slight cause being sufficient to produce an acute attack, which greatly aggravates the chronic affection and operates to render it permanent. To obviate the bad effects that are liable to result from this predisposition, great attention should be paid to the clothing, that it thoroughly protects the person from sudden changes of temperature. For more particular and practical suggestions in regard to this matter, the reader is referred to the article on clothing, in Part 2, Chapter II of the People's Common Sense Medical Advisor. The diet has an important influence with this disease, as with consumption and many other chronic ailments. It should be largely composed of those articles rich in the non-nitrogenized or carbonaceous elements, fat meats, rich, sweet cream, good butter, and other similar articles of food, should comprise a large part of the diet. These elements, which are prolific in the production of animal heat counteract the predisposition to take cold, and thus become most valuable remedial agents not less essential than the medical treatment that has been advised. The patient, suffering from chronic catarrh should study well the hygienic teachings to be found in part 2 of the People's Common Sense Medical Advisor, and govern himself accordingly. Treatment of Complications There are various complications of this disease that require modifications of the treatment to meet them successfully. The rules cannot be made that would enable non-professional readers to vary the treatment to suit peculiarities of constitution, or complications of the disease, when consulted, either the person or by letter. We have been able to so modify the treatment as to be adopted to peculiar individuals which rejected the ordinary treatment, and had thus cured hundreds who had otherwise failed to find relief. Time required in effecting a cure. Reader, if you suffer from chronic nasal catarrh, do not expect to be very speedily cured, especially if your case is one of long-standing, and principled quacks and charlatans, who possess no knowledge of disease, or medicine either and whose sole design is to pawn off upon you a bottle or two of some worse than worthless strong, caustic solution, irritating snuff, or drying, fumigator, dry up, annihilator, carbolated guitar cure, guitar specific, or other strong preparation, will tell you that the worst cases can be speedily cured by these unreasonable means, it is true that such strong, irritating, and drying preparations will many times suddenly arrest the discharge from the nose, 
but the thickened or ulcerated condition of the lining mucous membrane, which really constitutes the disease, is not removed by such treatment, and the discharge soon comes on again. Besides, there is danger attending the employment of such strong, irritating, or drying preparations. The disease, by their use, is frequently driven to the throat, bronchial tubes, lungs, or brain, and thus a bad matter is made worse. Not less irrational and unsuccessful is the plan of treating the disease with inhalations of carbolized iodine, and other drags, administered through variously devised pocket and other inhalers. Such treatment may mask or cover up catar for a time, but, by reason of the constitutional nature of the disease, it cannot effect a perfect and permanent cure. Dr. Sage's catar remedy, on the other hand, cures the disease on common sense, rational, and scientific principles by its mild, soothing, and healing properties, to which the disease gradually yields, when the system has been put in perfect order by the use of golden medical discovery, this is the only perfectly safe, scientific, and successful mode of acting upon and healing it, without, we trust, being considered egotistical, we can say that this opinion is based upon a large experience and a perfect familiarity with the nature and curability of the disease. For many years our whole time and attention has been given to the study and cure of catar and other chronic diseases treated of in the People's Common Sense Medical Advisor. Cases of catar have been treated by thousands, and our medicines for the cure of this loathsome disease, and of other chronic diseases, have met with an extensive sale in all parts of the United States, and have found their way into many foreign countries. The universal satisfaction with which their use has been attended and the grateful manifestations received from the cured, had afforded one of the greatest pleasures of our lives. Scarcely a mail arrives that does not bring new testimony of cures effected by the treatment here recommended. Directions for using Drive Sage's Guitar Remedy. To prepare the medicine ready for use, put the whole quantity of powder contained in the package, as put up for sale, into a bottle, pour into it one pint of cool, soft water, rain water or melted snow is good, ordinary lake river, well or spring water will do if only slightly hard, cork the bottle tightly and shake it thoroughly, after which allow it to stand 6 or 8 hours to settle, two of the ingredients of which the remedy is composed do not entirely dissolve, but their medicinal properties are completely and speedily extracted and taken up by the water, these settlings have lost their medicinal properties and should not be allowed to enter the nasal cavity, it should be kept tightly corked, not allowing it to freeze in winter or be kept where it is very warm in summer, this we term the guitar remedy fluid, use the fluid, prepared according to the above directions, not less than three or four times a day, the last time just before retiring, in the following manner, without shaking the bottle to roll the fluid, pour out a teaspoonful or more into the hollow of the hand, hold it there until warmed, first gently, and afterwards forcibly, snuff the fluid up one nostril and then the other, until the nose is well filled and it passes back into the throat. No fears need be entertained that it will produce strangling or any unpleasant effect in us using it. For, and like any other fluids simple tepid water not accepted, it does not produce the slightest pain or disagreeable feeling, but, on the contrary, leaves such a cooling, pleasant sensation that its use soon becomes a pleasure rather than a task. In a few minutes after thus using the remedy, it should be blown out gently never forcibly to clear the nose and throat of all hardened crusts and offensive accumulations, if any such exist, never blow the nose violently, as it irritates the passages and counteracts, to some extent, 
the curative effects of the remedy. This process should be repeated until the remedy has been thoroughly applied two or three times, not blowing it out the last time of using it, but retaining the medicine in contact with the affected parts for a considerable length of time. No harm can result if the fluid be swallowed, as it contains nothing poisonous or injurious. A better way. The manner of using Drive Sage's guitar remedy, advised above, is somewhat imperfect and not nearly so thorough a mode as the one to which the reader's attention will now be directed. In a very large number of bad cases of catarrh, or those of long standing, the disease has crept along and extended high up in the nasal passages, and into the various sinuses or cavities, and tubes communicating therewith, the act of snuffing the fluid carries it along the floor of the nose and into the throat, but does not carry it high enough, or fill the passages full enough, to reach all the chambers, tubes, and surfaces, that are affected with the disease, the fluid may seem from the sensation produced, to pass high up between the eyes, or even above them, but it does not, it is only a sensation transmitted to these parts by nerves, the filaments of which are distributed to that portion of the mucous membrane which the fluid does not reach, just as a sensation is transmitted to the little finger by a blow upon the elbow, now, in order to be most successful in the treatment of catarrh, it is necessary that the remedy should reach and be thoroughly applied to all the affected parts, this can be accomplished in only one way, which is by hydrostatic pressure, the anatomy of the nasal passages, and the various chambers and tubes that communicate therewith, is such that they cannot be reached with fluid administered with any kind of syringe or inhaling tube, or with any instrument, except one constructed to apply it upon the principle above stated, such an instrument is drive Pierce's nasal douche, by the use of this instrument, the fluid enters every portion of the air passages of the head by its own weight, no snuffing being required, directions for using drive sages guitar remedy with this instrument, to cleanse out the passages previous to applying the guitar remedy fluid, take one quart of soft water, add to it two large tablespoonfuls of common salt, and shake it up occasionally until all is dissolved, before use heat it until blood warm, or, in other words, until it gives a pleasant, mild warmth to the inserted finger, put the reservoir on a shelf, or hang it up, so that it will be a little higher than the head, fill the reservoir with salt and water, pressing the tube between the thumb and finger so as to prevent the fluid from escaping through it, introduce the nozzle at the end of the tube into one nostril, pressing it in far enough to close the entrance of the passage so that no fluid can escape by the side of the tube, breathe through the mouth, avoid swallowing, and allow the fluid to flow, the soft palate, by the act of breathing through the mouth, is elevated so as to completely close the passage into the throat, and thus the fluid is made to flow up one nostril in a gentle stream, to pass into and thoroughly cleanse all the sinuses, or cavities, connected with the nasal passages, and to flow out of the other nostril, the douche should not be employed unless both nostrils are open and the flow is free, if the head is stopped up, snuff up the warm liquid from the hand occasionally, until the passages are open and you can breathe freely through both nostrils. Do not forget that the instrument will not work properly unless you breathe through the mouth and avoid swallowing while the fluid flows. Fill the reservoir a second time with the simple salt and water, and, inserting the nozzle into the nostril out of which the fluid flowed on using it the first time, pass the current through in the opposite direction, that island so that it will flow out of the nostril into which it flowed the first time of using it. After having thus thoroughly cleansed the passages, fill the instrument half full or more with the guitar remedy fluid, prepared as heretofore directed, 
and warm to a moderate temperature, and pass this through the nose in the same manner as directed for the salt water. The salt water is not curative, but is milder than simple water, and island therefore, preferable for cleansing the passages. On first commencing the use of the instrument, it is best to hang it only a very little higher than the forehead, but after using it a few times, put it up about as high as the length of the tube will admit. Let no one entertain any feeling of timidity on commencing the use of this instrument, as its operation is perfectly simple and harmless, and, with the fluids which we recommend, is never attended with any strangling, choking, pain, or other disagreeable sensations. The medicine should be applied with the douche at least twice a day, in the morning and at night on retiring. There is no advantage in using the medicine oftener than three times a day, when used with the instrument but a sufficient quantity should be used each time to medicate all the diseased parts. If any remains in the douche it may be poured back into the stock solution for subsequent use. But a liquid that has once passed through the nasal cavity contains the germs of the disease and must not be used a second time. Nasal polypies. The term nasal polypies is usually given to a variety of growths which are met with in the nasal passages far more frequently than any other tumors. They are thus designated because of their fancied resemblance to the aquatic polypus. They occur singly, or in clusters, as illustrated in figure 13. In the early stages the mucous membrane is swollen and irregularly dilated, presenting a rough and mottled appearance not unlike chronic catarrh with which they are usually associated. Gradually these mound-like tumors enlarge, usually becoming pendulant, and presenting a grayish opaque glistening surface, similar to the pulp of a grape. Occasionally they become massive at the point of attachment, and assimilate a warty or cauliflower growth. The latter variety is better supplied with blood vessels and presents a red or dark pink surface and may bleed on slight irritation. The favorite location is beneath or behind the middle or superior turbinate bodies, oftentimes nearly or quite concealed. However, no portion of the mucous membrane lining the upper air passages is exempt. Sometimes they grow from the roof of the nostril and fornix in pendulous masses. Assuming the shape of the cavities, filling the entire nostril and upper portion of pharynx, the mucous membrane covering the turbinate bodies may become dilated and swollen, finally developing bicatarial processes into a polypus at that point. See, figure 13, illustration, figure 13, nasal polypi, anterior opening of the nostril, soft palate, orifice of the eustachian tube, DD superior and inferior turbinate bodies. Large polypus, several small polypi, G-throat, polypoid growth on turbinate body, causes, nothing definitely is known regarding their causation, they are generally supposed to originate in some constitutional derangement, impairing the nutrition of the mucous membranes, other cases are closely associated with chronic nasal catarrh, and frequent attacks of cold in the head, symptoms, these may vary considerably in different cases due to the character and location of the polypus. In the early stages before the tumor is well developed, the symptoms may be those of nasal catarrh, and the diagnosis of polypus be possible only after a personal examination by a skillful specialist. Neither is the size of the polypus always in proportion to the severity of the symptoms. The nasal discharge is generally increased and of a variable character. As the tumors enlarge they cause a sense of fullness and weight between and below the eyes, with more or less headache and facial neuralgia. There is partial or complete obstruction of one or both nostrils. In some cases the obstruction changes from one nostril to the other when lying down, the stoppage generally being on the side toward the pillow. 
a polyp is located at the junction of the nasal passages and throat by force of gravity always causes obstruction to the lower nasal cavity when lying down. Polypi often attain considerable size and by pressure upon and displacement of the surrounding structures occasion hideous facial deformity. Changes in the weather often aggravate the symptoms. By blowing the nostril the tumor sometimes may be forced forward, so that it may be seen a short distance from the anterior opening of the nostril. The voice is often affected, being muffled or harsh in tone, similar to that which accompanies a cold in the head. Respiration may be considerably embarrassed, due to the obstruction in the nasal passages, and the patient necessarily resorts to mouth breathing. In advanced cases the larynx is usually much congested, being constantly irritated not only reflexly through the nervous system, but directly by the inspired air, and excoriating discharges dropping in the throat from behind the palate. Thus it is plain to understand how chronic pharyngitis, laryngitis, bronchitis, and asthma may result from a small polypus in the nasal cavity. Treatment. In mild cases correcting the constitutional derangement may check the morbid process in the nostrils and cause absorption of the polypus growth. For this purpose drive Pierce's golden medical discovery is unequaled. The removal of the polypus may sometimes be accomplished by snuffing powdered blood root. When these measures fail it is necessary to seek surgical assistance. After the removal of the polypus drive Sage's guitar remedy should be used to prevent a recurrence. Our operation for nasal tumors. Having operated with unvarying success upon a very large number and variety of nasal tumors at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute we are positively assured that the means and methods which we employ are neither severe or dangerous, no pain, consequently no shock, recovery rapid and permanent. Many forms of injection and local treatment are in use for the removal of nasal polypi, none of which have proven to be curative, recurrence of the tumor many times following such treatment. Many cases have presented themselves after having been treated by the heroic method of seizing the polypus with a pair of forceps and forcibly tearing it loose, bringing with it segments of healthy tissue, leaving bone exposed, and a ragged, and even surface of diseased membrane. It is much easier to properly treat a case from the beginning than to undertake it in such a rendition. Owing to the fact that these nasal tumors grow directly from the lining membranes it is necessary not only to thoroughly remove the tumor but to treat the diseased membrane at the point from which the polypus springs, otherwise another tumor may develop at the same point. The nasal passage having been thoroughly anesthetized, or benumbed, by the use of cocaine, the nasal speculum is introduced, and by means of reflected light from the head mirror worn by the operator, the interior of the nostril is brought into view. See figure 9, page 479. Often the attachment of the growth is entirely hidden behind the irregular bony structures of the nostril so that it requires the skill of an expert specialist, deft in the manipulation of these parts, to operate properly. Many styles and shapes of delicately devised instruments are necessary to completely remove the growth without doing injury to the adjacent structures. By our newly devised operation the tumor is at once removed, without pain and with the loss of only a few drops of blood. Further, because the tumor is entirely removed and the base properly treated there is not the offensive discharge for a long time afterward and the danger from infection and blood poison to which the patient is subjected in other forms of treatment. In conclusion we would say that we claim for our operation the following points that are worthy of the careful consideration of everyone who may be so unfortunate as to require the services of a specialist for the removal of growths in the nasal or upper air passages. First, our operation is absolutely painless. 2D, no chloroform or ether is required. 3D, 
we ensure perfect removal of growth. Fourth, there is no injury to other adjacent structures. Fifth, the operation is bloodless. Sixth, the recovery is rapid. Seventh, there is no slough to produce pus that may be absorbed and cause blood poisoning. Deformity of the nasal septum. In health the nasal septum is a bony or cartilaginous plate, as shown in figure 14. Dividing the nasal passages into two cavities of the same size and shape, this plate or partition is also a support to which the flexible structures which form the tip of the nose are attached. In early life the septum is flexible and may be bent or doubled by injury to the nose, but owing to its elasticity usually resumes its natural position and shape. After maturity any dislocation or change in this bony plate usually remains permanent unless some means are employed for its correction. In a limited number of cases supposed to be chronic nasal catarrh, we have found upon examination that one or both nasal cavities were more or less obliterated and obstructed by the deformed and thickened septum. See, figure 15. Many of these cases date from an injury to the external parts, causing only bleeding from the nose and a slight pain for a short time. Chronic inflammation develops at the point where the bone is bent or cracked, resulting in thickening often producing nodules or spur-like projections which not only interfere with nasal breathing, but also act as irritants to the adjacent delicate membranes and produce many of the symptoms common to nasal catarrh. Illustration, Figure 14. Anterior view of the healthy nasal passages as seen with the projecting portion of the nose removed, a vertical septum or bony plate separating nostrils, BB turbinate bodies, CC nasal passages. Among other common causes are an equal or imperfect development of the nasal bones, due to an inherited strumous tendency and local ulcerative disease, weakening or destroying the bone. Symptoms. The location and extent of the deformity of the nasal septum necessarily gives opportunity for a variety of symptoms. In aggravated cases the nose appears to be bent toward one side. In the earlier stages there is an excess of mucus secretion, often dropping into the throat from behind the palate. The discharge is variable as in nasal catarr with more or less difficult nasal breathing. The stoppage changing from one nostril to the other. Sneezing and frequent attacks of nosebleed are often common symptoms. The tendency of the disease is to extend backward often causing headache, deafness, roaring in the ears and post-nasal disease which results in a chronic sore throat. The latter disease often being the one for which the patient seeks advice. If allowed to progress uninterruptedly the throat gradually becomes more irritable associated with an annoying cough, and the voice becomes harsh and has a nasal tone, the general health is impaired, the nervous system excitable, laryngitis, asthma, and lung disease become complications, which render the existence of the individual miserable, treatment, in mild cases where the deformity is slight, and the obstruction is not a constant symptom, the nasal cavities should be cleansed see treatment of nasal catarrh after inhaling dust and special attention given to the prompt treatment of cold in the head. Should there be irritability, sneezing, or a constant discharge, it is advisable to use drive sages catarrh remedy as directed on page 483 to soothe the excitability and lessen the inflammatory action in and about the thickened and deformed septum, as an auxiliary to promote the absorption of the thickened tissues and restore them to a healthy activity. A number of bottles of the golden medical discovery should be taken while using the local treatment. Any dormant condition of the liver or digestive tract may be corrected by taking drive pierces pleasant purgative pellets. In advanced cases after the structures are so diseased and thickened that it renders local treatment hopeless, only surgical interference can prove curative. Our painless operation.
by the application of a few drops of a solution of cocaine in the nostril, at the point to be treated, we are now able to produce such local anesthesia as to render the operation entirely painless without the administration of either chloroform or ether. This is an important consideration as many are adverse to taking chloroform or ether. And now that we possess an agent that produces, locally, complete insensibility to pain, we are very glad to dispense with their use in all such minor operations. There is no pain caused even by the application of the cocaine to deaden the sensibility of the part. Many examinations of the upper air passages heretofore very annoying and even painful to the patient and sometimes unsatisfactory, are rendered entirely painless, and carried out with a thoroughness that would be impossible without the use of this wonderful agent, not only in surgery of the nose and throat, but alike in other departments. Our surgeon specialists employ the same local anesthetic in all minor operations, none of which are attended with the least pain. Our specialists were among the first surgeons in this country to employ this newly discovered anesthetic. We regard it as a great boon to our patients, and never withhold it in any case where it can be employed to prevent suffering. Its use is attended with no danger, nor is it followed by bad or disagreeable results. Our operation. Illustration. Figure 15. Anterior view of deformed nasal passages as seen with the projecting portion of the nose removed. A deformed and thickened septum or bony plate separating nostrils. BB irregular and obstructed nasal passages. C diseased and swollen turbinate body. D deturbinate bodies crowded back by septum. The nostrils being the entrance to and the beginning of the air passages no dexterity and skill can be spared in treating and properly correcting any deformity that may exist. Mutilation of these sensitive structures is sure to be followed by serious reflex symptoms in adjacent parts. Consequently cases of this nature should only be entrusted to the care of a competent and experienced specialist. Our resources and appliances are unlimited and seldom do we use the surgeon's knife in a case of this nature. As in the treatment of other pathological growths in the upper air passages the rhinoscope is indispensable. The parts can only be brought into the view of the operator by means of this instrument and sets of mirrors to reflect light on all sides of the deformed and hidden parts. By our operation both nasal cavities are restored to their normal size and contour compare figures 14, 15, and healthy and diseased tissues are removed, and free nasal respiration established. All treatments are carried out under strict aseptic precautions, thus reducing the danger from absorption of poisonous secretions to the minimum. By our skillful and ingenious management of these cases we never have had a single patient manifest any serious symptoms after operation. In such cases we consider this the only safe, practical, and permanent cure. Every year hundreds pass out of existence the victims of incurable disease of the air passages resulting from morbid nasal conditions, who might be saved by proper and timely treatment. P-H-A-R-Y-N-G-I-D-I's and post-nasal catar. Illustration, Figure 16. Use of the post-nasal syringe in the treatment of post-nasal catar. Tongue. Epiglottis. Soft palate. Anterior opening of the nostril, EEE turbinate bodies, junction of the nasal passage and throat, diseased and roughened mucous membrane, throat or pharynx, II interior of nasal passage, simple chronic pharyngitis seldom exists alone and complicated, most cases being the result of previous existing disease of the nasal or post-nasal passages, many cases are associated with hypertrophy, or enlargement, of the tonsils. Usually the disease is located in the upper part of the pharynx, or throat, behind and above the uvula and soft palate, and is thus hidden from view when looking into the throat through the mouth. 
when not associated with nasal catarrh the common symptoms are dropping of tenacious mucus in the throat, causing a constant desire to hawk and spit, sense of dryness in this region, cough and expectoration on rising in the morning, which is due to the irritability of the throat, and may invade the lower air passages. The throat may be studded with red and thickened patches of its mucous membrane. Respiration may be embarrassed, the voice affected and the general health gradually decline. The membrane above and behind the palate is angry, reddened, thickened and roughened, as represented in Figure 16. Treatment to irrationally treat a disease. Attack the cause. Therefore, in an uncomplicated case of post-nasal disease of the pharynx the medicine should be applied at this point. For this purpose we recommend the regular and continuous use of drive sages guitar remedy administered preferably by means of the post-nasal syringes illustrated in figure 16. The efficacy of drive sages guitar remedy as a curative agent in guitar of mucous membranes is unequaled if the medicine be properly and thoroughly applied. The guitar remedy fluid should be prepared as directed in the pamphlet which accompanies the medicine. Warm enough of the medicine to fill the syringe twice. After the syringe is filled with the warm medicine. Introduce the curved tip behind the soft palate, holding the syringes seen in figure 16. Then incline the head forward over a wash bowl and empty the syringe by pressing the plunger quickly. The medicine will immediately come in contact with the diseased surfaces and pass out through the nostrils, thoroughly medicating, disinfecting and cleansing the upper part of the throat and the posterior region of the nostrils. Two syringes of the medicine should be used for each treatment and two or more applications made every day until a cure is effected. At the same time the local treatment is being used. Dr. Pierce's golden medical discovery should be taken to act through the blood upon the diseased tissues. The catar remedy may be administered by means of the nasal douche. If the case is complicated by nasal catar, should tumors or deformities exist, it is advisable to consult a specialist. Enlarged tonsils. Chronic enlargement of the tonsils. As shown in figure 17. A is an exceedingly common affection. It is most common to those of a scrofulous habit. It rarely makes its appearance. 